welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. So excited to be with you today. Uh, Let me tell you where we're going to be. Mosiah 26 and 27. We're going to do both this morning, a little bit of both. Um, And then we're going to be in our conference talk is uh, Elder Hamilton. And I couldn't write the whole thing on the... um, on our worksheet, so hopefully you found it. Then will I make weak things become strong, is where we're going to be. And um, Courtney is gonna join us today, so we're so happy to be with her. Um, I got those cute flags, just barely everyone. It's the 4th of July at my house today, in the background. I didn't realize till I pushed go, and then now, we're so patriotic today. Oh also, God, we're both it. wearing the same color. So that was good planning <laughs> on our part. That's so fun. And I was telling Courtney last night, I had two of my grandbabies this week. They're the age, um, little Desi's that age where you can't take your eyes off forever. Oh. So you should see my entire house. <laughs> um, because I just have been running for days. And then last night we got to have this small moment where Luca and Desi were here for three hours before they left to go back to Oregon. And then these guys showed up. Kingston wave at all my ladies. Oh, Kingston's there. Kingston came. Oh my gosh. So um, he's, now we have um, two new ones here for the next four days. So it's so so much fun at our house. Oh my gosh, you are so busy. I've got my two nephews coming next week and oh my, my sister's dog. So I will, <laughs> I will feel you in the chaos. It's going to be so no. fun. Yeah. It's so happy. It really is so happy, but I'm accomplishing nothing. <laughs> that is what is happening. Right Good. Now. Then you're doing yeah. everything you should be doing right now, which is just playing with the littles and having so much fun. Yeah. So fun. It is so fun. And let me say one housekeeping thing. Um, next Tuesday, everyone, I am going on a church history tour. I wish all of you were just coming with me. It would have been so fun. Um, But on Thursday, guess where I'm going to be? Niagara Falls. So I'm going to do Inklings from Niagara Falls, everyone, because why not? Who wants to go to Niagara Falls? And I actually have a little break right at the time when Inklings is. So everyone keep your fingers crossed. There is good internet at (laughs) Niagara Falls because... um, that is where we're going next Thursday, everyone. Are you doing it from your hotel or are you doing it from the boat as you go by the water? I, shouldn't I do that? Would that, wouldn't that be hilarious if I was like, we wouldn't be able to hear you, but that would be fun. I'm going to actually probably just sit outside right by the falls at a little table and chair 
especially if I can get to the Canada side because it's so pretty over there. Yeah. So keep your fingers crossed that might, oh, who loves it? They were like, go to the Canada side. It's so true, you guys, if you ever go uh, the Canada side. Yeah. Um, oh, true. There could be lots of noise from the waterfalls. Oh, look at everyone telling me. It's super loud. Yeah. Well, don't worry, you guys. Remember, we've been in an airport. We've been all over the place. So we, I will try and think through all of these things. Um, it's going to be so fun. Oh and, uh, listen, this is what we really should do is, <laughs> too bad I didn't know where I was going to be, because who, if you're buying Niagara Falls, who wants to just come to Inklings? Oh, that's that so fun. That would be so fun. Um, that would so, be fun. That'd be so fun. Um, okay, so we are going to dive into this talk, and um, I'm scratching yeah, Avery's I, back right now. By the way, that's I'm leaning oh, over. Hi, my Avery. My jack itches. Hi, Avery. Come say hi real quick. She just woke up. Those are our summer days. Yeah, going to bed late. Yeah, and waking up oh, early and waking so up late. That's so cozy. Yeah, we still have a little one sleeping here too, which is so <laughs> nice. Um, oh, baby, baby is still sleeping. Is baby, yes. Um, so, okay, I think we should start with the talk. Yeah, and we should, um, and then we will dive into Mosiah for a minute. But there's so many good parts about the talk, and my favorite part is the very, very first quote. Um, I've been thinking about it all week long. The leopard. Yes. The leopard quote. Did you love that quote so much? I, I, I love so much of this talk. It's just, it's so good. But yes, I just, I love Before you even start, start us on that, you need to tell us how you know oh, Elder Hamilton. That you guys, you how fun is this? Elder Hamilton is President Hamilton to me. In high school, he was my state president in Southern California. And so we know his family um, well, we weren't in the same ward, but same stake. And Elder Hamilton was president, our stake president, President Hamilton to us. So how, how fun, fun is that? Is that? Like, and I remember when Jean Stevens was called, I was like, oh my gosh, she was one of my young women's leader when we lived here in Utah. I moved oh, around like, I all the time. Her. And I just was like, oh, it's Sister Stevens. So it's just so fun when some of those moments happen because you're just oh. like, oh, I feel so much closer and connected. Yeah, that's so fun. And should we introduce you? I keep forgetting to introduce people because I know everyone so well and then I forget. So some of you know uh, Courtney already because she's been at Inklings before. So if you've been with us on earlier semesters, you just know Courtney already. But um, this is cute Courtney, who I love. And um, you might know her because she bakes all the cakes in the world. We're having a million birthdays at our house this weekend. So I'm going to have to pull out, yeah, the cake. I'm going to be so responsible about making cakes this weekend. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but she's also, like, you love, um, she's a mom of two kids. Um, she's such a good friend. She has really good, like, life insight. So you're so happy for, uh, oh, the cake lady. I love yeah, it. The cake <laughs> lady. Wait. Yeah. Did you, did someone just say, my dad's your bishop? My bishop's daughter? That's fun. Bishop Carlston? That was so fun. Okay, that's um, so fun. Sorry, I pulled up comments over. Oh, and you need to say where you lived in Southern California, because this oh. is actually so fun. Yeah, so I was in Agora Hills, which is part of the Newberry Park stake. So if you were like on the coast and you were in Malibu and you drive through the canyon straight from Malibu, 
you get through the canyon and there's Agora Hills kind of before you get to Ventura and outside of the Los Angeles area. So we were there two different times, but like I said, I moved around a bunch and- uh, Which is so fun because I lived in Ventura for lots of, uh, for one year of my life. And um, so all that is our same yeah. stomping ground. So super. Yeah. It's so fun. Okay, so fun. So there is a cute girl from my dad's ward. Isn't Bishop Carlston the best? <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Sorry, okay, we gotta talk about President Hamilton's stock. But my dad is an awesome bishop. He's awesome. Okay, so Elder Hamilton, let's start with the first quote. I'm going to read it, and then you're going to just dive us right in. Um, it talks about this warden, a prison warden, which you just have to keep that in mind. And in the 1940s and 50s, Warden Duffy was his name, and he was well-known. Like, this makes me want to study him so bad. He was well-known for rehabilitating the men in his prison. And a critic of his said to him, you should know that leopards don't change their spots. And then I love when he says back, well, you should know I don't work with leopards. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I work with men and men can change. And I just want to write that somewhere in my house where just, just that thought of like, I don't work with leopards actually. Yeah. So there's nobody who I know that is not capable of change. Yeah. Well, and don't you love that it goes straight from that into one of Satan's greatest lies is that men and women cannot change. And we go straight into like that, um, the critic who said, well, you can't change a leopard spot. Like that is Satan taking a partial truth like he does and trying to spin it. And so I love that we go right there next. Like, let's remember those negative thoughts. Those are the lies of Satan telling you that you're not able to change. Yes. Those are the thoughts of like distorting maybe something that has got a little truth to it and distorting it to tell you you're not capable of that. And so many other things, right? Because that's what Satan is so good at, especially I feel like with women just in yeah. our day, like that is how he gets is right here. And he is going to say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. And then they call out, Elder Hamilton calls out right there that that's Satan. Yes. Let's be aware of that right away. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that so much. I, and I love that that's how he starts us off, is that he's like, let me just remind you um, that this is who we're working with. And, and you love that reminder that um, like being over in Israel, that was something that was so tangible to me is Jesus Christ will change everything he touches. That's just true. Um, it, water, lepers. Uh, dead daughters, right? It, anyone who he reaches out his hand to touch, he changes their condition and their circumstance and their, you know, w whatever. And it's made me think a lot since I got home. All I need to do is bring someone to Jesus. That's all I have to do. I don't have to change them. I don't have to mm -hmm. fix them. I don't have to solve the problem. All I have to do is bring them to him somehow. Yeah. And if I can just do that, then he can do it at his own pace of what is that going to look like? I don't even have to prescribe the pace <laughs> or the outcome. Like I can just yeah. be like, here, let me introduce you to my friend Jesus and yeah. your life will be better now yeah. every day from now. You gave, a, you gave a great example of that in Come Follow Me this week with the example of your seminary student 
right? Was it the seminary student who came up and it was like, oh, like my distraction is, is football and I don't know what yes. to do. And you said, well, I don't have your answer, but let's remember who does. Go kneel in prayer and go ask our Heavenly Father what you should do. And you led him, that was a great example of what you're just talking about, led him to where he needs to go to, to find that answer, to make that change. Um, because like you said, we can't do that for other people. But as we, I, you know, real quick, I was thinking as we're talking about other people and change, and we'll get back to the change in ourselves in this talk. Um, I think we need to also be super like mindful that other people can change and allow them to make mm. the change in their life and be accepting of their journey through change. Like we're, this talk is very much a little, I think more about doing it within ourselves, but just also being like very loving and forgiving as other people are trying to make the change. Yes. And patient. Mm -hmm. and patient, you know, and letting them. And I think um, I, I always want to make sure we don't disregard boundaries because sometimes yeah. allowing someone to change um, is always a safe space. Mm -hmm. uh, and so being um, putting up the boundaries that will allow for them to go through that process in a safe way, I think is okay. But also having the hope that there will be a change and the trust yeah. in Jesus Christ that there can be a change yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. And I, you know, if we're just going to go kind of through the talk, Emily, if you kind of just want to go it, through it in order, yeah. you know, he talks about, um, you know, I, I think then the next thing he's like, all right, let me, let's just point out where Satan is in all of this mm -hmm. and what he's doing. And then let's go directly to you, to us. And let me remind you, you are a son, you are a daughter of God at the very core of everything. That is who you are. That is your worth. That is your authentic self. So as the world wants to tell you, hey, no, but you're okay to do that. And you're okay to do this. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You know, yeah. just those little yeah. lies that Satan tells us, right? To just accept the, accept the weakness, accept the sin, accept whatever it may be. Let's take that all away. It's like, no, our authentic self is I am a daughter of God. That is my why. That Ooh, I'm that's so everything good. Everything else, I'm not. I can take away cake tomorrow. My worth is not gone because my worth is not here in the kitchen. My worth is because I'm a daughter of God. And so if that is my, my why in the world, my intention for everything, mm. like then that kind of sets me to, okay, if that is, is my goal, if my, let's my foundation, right? My, my truth is I am authentically a daughter of God. Then I can start to create my goals around yeah, that. That. That's so good. And I think that really is so interesting because we do live in this culture of um, being authentic to self is such a catchphrase right now. So actually when he said that, I was like, oh, that is so counterculture right now to, to think that, you know, we're being taught particularly on social media to be authentic to self and what does self need and, and leaning into that. And I'm not saying self-care isn't important because I am a huge advocate for self-care. Yes. But if, if being authentic to self is preventing you from being authentic to him yes. as his daughter, then there's a conflict there. And I yes. love that he kind of called that out. And he was like, you, you got to learn to balance. The greatest happiness will come from balancing both. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so he's like, okay, let's get these truths out of the way right here. Let's just know them right now going into the rest of the talk. And yeah. so for me, I love the next thing. <laughs> he's kind of like, I don't know if it's working backwards. I'm someone who kind of likes to read the end of a story or know the end of a movie or something before I watch the whole thing, just so I can like, okay, what? Yes. So I could just feel good through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I love that the next thing he's just like, let, let's just talk about like the if and the then statements. He's like, mm -hmm. look, if you're going to do this, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And I think something for me that I have to keep in mind in this one, because sometimes, and especially as a youth, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. And it yeah. felt so daunting at times. It felt commanding at times in a way that like just my inner self didn't sit well with and I've had to have a mindset shift and I think there's a good we can get down to a little bit more of the mindset in a minute but when we have that mindset shift of okay I get to do this this is like just one little thing I get to do and then we have lists of promises I was um at the temple the other day doing initiatories and just sitting there listening to the blessings of mind, eyes, mm. nose, mouth, ear, like whole body blessings and so much more. Right. Yeah. And the, what I have to give is not that much, but the benefit, the blessing from my work is so much greater. It is so powerful. And I think like, I love to run. Obviously I love to bake. There's work involved. There is little things that you have to do every single day to get better at it, right? I'm not going to get better at baking if I don't try. Yes. I'm not going to get better at running if I don't go run a mile and then try to run two miles, right? Like there has to be that work, the consistent work. And it doesn't, you know, just consistently working for something. And I feel like if we don't put in the effort and we know, we know in our mind, if we're putting forth our best effort, that's going to look different every day, every year, every week, you know, but if well, we're not putting forth the effort, and your best might change. It, yes. it might change. Like my best the past four days has been focused on childcare and yes. not on scripture reading or what. Yes. So I love that your best can change. I think it changes day to day in different phases yeah. of life. But I think what's key here is that you do not appreciate the blessing or the result if you don't earn it if you haven't mm -hmm. worked for it and I feel like that's something we teach yeah. our kids right like okay well if you want to go buy that new set of you know coloring pencils like okay we've got to work for it and this is what that looks like and this is how you're going to earn that money and then yeah. they're just like they're taking their five dollars to target and they hand over they see all the work that they did and then they get their coloring pencils right and they're so yeah. happy but there's not the same appreciation right if we're not really putting forth that work and we expect things to just come to us yes yeah that's so good um and and i do love the, t the thought too that um being forgiving of ourselves of what that best is mm -hmm. you know, of like that and also the change that it yeah. could take time it could take time and that's okay yeah um, you know, and also the other thing I've been thinking a lot about is as you start changing, just because you make a thought in your head, I'm going to, I am going to change now. Yeah. It doesn't mean four days later, you're not going to be back where you were. And, and then you're going to be like, oh yeah, I am going to change. And then you do that um, again. And, and change really does take practice. 
Yeah. It, it takes practice. It just making a mental uh, decision doesn't always solve the problem. And so I love that idea of practicing. And, and we've talked about this on here, but I'm trying to add this to my vocabulary that I love when you talk to different religions, particular, particularly Jewish uh, mm -hmm. work. They talk about whether they're practicing or not practicing. Yeah. And I'm like, I love that idea of um, it's not active or inactive. It's just, mm -hmm. are you practicing or I'm not practicing right now? Yeah. And that thought of like, and practicing is, is going to include mistakes and it's going to include missed days. Mm -hmm. And you know that I, I played the piano my entire life. Um, I know what practicing is, is hard. Sometimes yeah. I hated it. Sometimes I threw mm -hmm. tantrums when I had to practice the piano before I could play. It's not easy to yeah. practice, but I, I love that there is a reward at the end. When I sit down at my piano now, I am mm -hmm. so grateful that my mom had me put all that time in practicing. So yeah. I think, um, you know, it's not, it's not that it's easy to practice, but we will become something because of it. Yes, yes. And I do, and you've talked about it before, and we've talked about it, that practicing is this whole journey of becoming, right? Like yeah. what, what are we from that, just that decision point of, okay, I'm going to make some changes. I don't know exactly what those changes are sometimes, but I know I need to make them. Yeah. So I'm going to lean into the Lord and I'm going to lean into that process. And then this whole time, all this practicing, all the daily little things, whatever that effort may look like, because like we said, that is going to be so different day to day. Like that's so different, right? But the Lord knows our intention. He knows yeah. how that effort is inside of us, right? How much we are trying to work, no matter what that looks like to other people. But you yeah. have, right, from your starting point to this whole journey to like this change that you're making. And that whole process is so important to like becoming that even better version of yourself from that authentic daughter of God to the version that he, he wants from you. And I, I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, I just want the after. I yeah. just want to be yes. in the after because the inside, like you said, yeah. gets so mucky sometimes. It gets so hard. It gets so distracting and loud that oftentimes I don't think people do it. I don't think people are willing to go from point A to point B because the in-between, the becoming yes. is so hard sometimes, so hard. but it's so rewarding. Yeah. And there's so many just like incredible things. And I know we're going to talk about Messiah. But I just kept thinking as I was reading 26 and 27, I just kept jumping to Alma 26. Yes. Because I'm just like, but the end of the story, they are just like, can you even believe what has happened from that yeah. moment in 27 to what is happening now? Yeah. And I love That's that so example because sometimes we have to go back to that and like go back to the wins or the times that we've changed and rely on those past experiences and even the experiences of others to remind ourselves that things are possible. Yeah. That change is possible. Grace is available to all of us, yes. no matter where we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and I, and I love that he's going to talk about that, that he, mm -hmm. I love that he brings grace into the conversation. Is there anything you want to look at before? Uh, we get to that weakness part because I do um, love that part. Yeah, I do love that part. All I was going to say, this is kind of where the, the mindset shift, I wrote notes down. I'm like, 
um, as he starts to talk about grace. So, you know, I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. We've got to have faith. You know, he talks about the humility that we need to have. But I think what is so important here is this mindset shift of, okay, I have to do this to I want to do this. Yeah. And going back to the why. Why do I want that change? It's, it can't be about the I have to do this or we won't ever really make that change. Right. We will really, truly yeah. never accept the grace that is offered to us. And so we have to open our minds and our hearts in that way and give ourselves that clarity and that mindset shift of, no, I want this change. And sometimes it's, like we said, going to be scary. It's going to be hard. And sometimes it's unknown. Can yeah. I just tell you guys a quick story really quick? Of yes. Talk about the unknown. Two weeks ago, and I'm going to cry because I'm talking about my mom. I wake up on Monday morning to a text from my mom who had sent it late at night. And I go to bed so early and I wake up so early. So it's 4.30 in the morning and I see a text from my mom. And she says, Courtney, I sat in state conference yesterday and just had this overwhelming prompting to tell you to go to the temple once a week for the next four weeks. Hmm. Or that I should suggest that to you. And then she did like one of those dot, dot, dots, which is always like, what's coming next? And it said, actually, the feeling was more of an urge rather than a suggest. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe you need to listen to the things. That, you know, she's like, I don't know why. I just, I sat on it all day. And I just kept feeling like I needed to tell you this. And that was just this feeling and the, um, this prompting that I got. And so there I am at 5 a.m. in the morning making my temple appointment for the next day to go in. I'm like, <laughs> I can do initiatories. I got time for that. I don't know why. And I've been, it's been two weeks and I was there the first week she told me and yesterday and I have appointments for the next two weeks. I don't know what that is. I don't know what I need to know. <laughs> you know, it's kind of that like unknown, but also very exciting. Cause I think of Alma, you know, and his yes. friends and I'm like, okay, it could be, it could be anything. And I'm here for it. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Call me Samuel. Here I am. Here am I speak it. I'm listening. I don't yes. know what it is, but I have shifted my mindset from a, I think in years past, I would have been like, what, why me? Yes. I'm fine. I'm fine to this. Oh my gosh. What could this be? <laughs> you know, yes. and how lucky is that? And I want to do this. I want to go every week because I want to know what change he needs me to make. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I love, um, I love that. And you know what I love double about it is sometimes I'm that mom. Uh, sometimes I sit in state conference or in church and a prompting comes, um, that I am like, feel so inspired to tell one of my kids this random thing, you know, random. And, and I hesitate. I'm like worried because I want to like, uh, I don't know why. Um, so it's so fun to hear it from your point of view as a, as the child. Yeah. To be like, um, it, moms can give invitations. Yes. You know? yes. Yes. And I feel like, do you know what? She was in a place to receive that. And I just kind of had to like laugh and be very like humbled in that moment because I was like, okay, Heavenly Father, clearly I wasn't listening. I have felt in the last few months, like, hey, get to the temple, get, go, go over there. It's five minutes from my house. And I yeah. have not been in months. And I think Heavenly Father was like, well, you're not listening anymore. So I'm going to go to the person who's listening and who yeah. is like willing to receive. And I just thought in that moment, I'm like, dang it. I yeah. want to be that person who is always listening yes. and able to hear 
And that was such a good reminder to me to have that come through my mom because it was something that I had been thinking about. And then she's yeah. just like, I'm going to go to your mom. You will listen to your mom. I know you will. <laughs> That's so cute. That's such a good um, story. And now you're, I know, now all of us are like, I think I need to go to the temple. I think her <laughs> mom wants me to go to the temple. <laughs> I think it's all of us, all of us. I mean, and it's just, you know, sometimes it's a quick initiatory, initiatory appointments, yes. you know, and they're like, yes. I'm going to let you do four, but then you're sitting in the temple and can go sit in a quiet place and just feel peace for it as long as you want, you know, and, and have those moments. But anyway, so that all kind of has to do with this mindset shift of, Look, we, we have been given the blessing of the atonement. We have been given the blessing of the gospel, of temples, of th these covenants that we get to um, be recipients of when we, you know, put forth this work and we are keeping our commandments. And so how lucky are we to have this truth and this knowledge that we get to do these things and get to make these changes? And it's such an opportunity and a blessing rather than something that I think should be daunting. So for me... I think having that mindset shift allows us to, okay, let me welcome in the grace That's of so our good. savior. And I love that people are saying you need to report back. So now you <laughs> need to send me a text in four weeks and say, what should I report back to the ladies? We want to know. You know, and I was thinking about that too, because a friend was asking me, I was sharing the experience with her and she's like, well, what do you think it is? Like, is there something on your mind? Like, it, you know, kind of, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I don't know what it is. But if it's even the fact that I just needed to remind myself how important it is to go to the mm -hmm. temple, if yeah. I just needed four weeks where I had an hour every week just to feel that peace, yeah, maybe it's just that and that's okay. Maybe yeah. it's not some huge revelation for my life or my work, but it's just like, I am thinking of you, Courtney. So I'm going to let you know that this is what you need to do. And I'm going to send that little thought to your mom so she can go to you and let you know that I was thinking mm. of you oh, and that I just want so you to go have a moment. So even if it's just that, even if the change is so little and we're expecting like mountains to move and rainbows and angels, I'm like, we have to be okay with just even the little things because yes. those matter just as much as maybe something, you know, yeah. super big. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Um, and I love, um, Someone's just writing um, in this thing as we talk about it, um, about this thought about weakness. And before we dive into that thought, one of the things that I love about the temple is the increase of inspiration that comes just simply because we go. Like that is the promise of the temple is this increase of inspiration that is going to come and strength that is going to come and... Um, we are a little bit ahead recording. Don't miss this right now. Um, but uh, I think we are. I, I mean, I think we're not at this one yet. Are, are we at First Kings 8 yet? What are we at? Okay. No, right now so, we're doing Samuel. Uh, so we're ahead because so much travel this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get to First Kings 8, it's going to be the temple dedication for that temple in Jerusalem. And it, and it really is written out just like, Doctrine and Covenants 109 for the Kirtland Temple is written out. And it's so fun to read through that temple dedication and then look years ahead in Jehoshaphat's story, in Hezekiah's story, in other people's stories, how that temple dedication, those promises from the temple are going to help them overcome really 
important things ahead. Some hard things, uh, but some just like uh, growing things. Like um, Hezekiah will dig an entire tunnel underneath to protect his family. And, and you know, there's, there's different things that are going to happen that these people are going to look back to that inspiration that comes from the temple and it is going to help them overcome what is their their mission, their fight, their, um, you know, what, what they are called to do, it, it's going to come from that holy place. And I love the thought of that. You're making me want to go back and, and read 109. I see that um, other people are like putting it I in. know. But just to think, um, there's so many blessings. And sometimes we just forget the blessings that are going to come simply because you cross the threshold. That, yeah. That's all you have to do is cross the threshold and immediately all those promises are ours, which is so good. And I love when you get into this talk where he taught us a really important principle here. And as I was reading it, I was like, I want to make sure we don't miss this, um, this, what he, this distinction that he is giving us here where he says, look, um, so he reads that um, scripture we're so familiar with. I give, if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith, then I will make weak things become strong. And I love that he's going to point out two really important lessons there. And the, and the, the distinction is that the first weakness is singular. And the second weakness is plural. And sometimes I change, like in my scriptures, that first part, weakness, um, I change that to mortality in my scriptures. I give unto men mortality, mm. that they may be humble, right? That, that all of us came into a place where there is weakness um that yeah you can open it someone's at my door you guys this is going to be exciting um you can open it nana says yes um i give unto men weakness that they um then will turn to me right mm -hmm. and um then he wants to say um then those weak things right those those things that are a part of mortality will be made strong you guys can come right in i'm teaching a class just come right in you guys remember my flood is and here oh. i'm gonna come get the fan from me um so um i give unto men this weakness these mortality this um you've come to a place um where things are not going to be perfect including us we're not going to be perfect. Um, but I love when he says this. He then says his grace is sufficient and that if we will humble ourselves and have faith in him, then he will make weak things, plural, become strong unto us. In other words, as we first change our fallen nature, our weakness, as we accept that we are in mortality, then we will be able to change our behaviors or our weaknesses which I love. I yeah. love um, the thought of that. Um, we will experience that, that change. And, and yeah. it's great 
that is going to allow us to lean into making those changes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I do wish this. I remember thinking when I was like 18 and 19 um, dating, I was like, oh, as soon as I'm married, I will have no temptations ever again. That is the, my thought that I had. And then life is going to be so easy. They're like, what weakness would I possibly have after I get married? And then you get married and you start raising babies and those things that happen. And, and you have, my kids used to always talk to me about my mad voice, right? Don't get out your mad voice. And I'm like, well, when my kids get bigger, I won't have that. And my life will be so much easier. I won't have as much weakness at that point. Um, and then you get to, um, the next thing, like all the time, I think we are battling something within us that needs to be refined. And just when we get past the one thing, then there's going to be th this next like battle, this next thing that has to be overcome. And it is because mortality. It's, yeah. it's because we actually live in a, a broken place in a place where weakness is made manifest and um i just love that that thought that he's like you're there's gonna be weak things plural yeah and, and when you get this one figured out there's probably gonna be something else you're gonna look at and be like well now i should probably work on this thing mm -hmm. you know and and it is this constant progress yeah um, and, and i like that idea of breaking it up into things because guys we are so many weaknesses so many things to work on over here that sometimes it's like well that is too much yeah that is too much i don't want to do it all that is going to be so much work and like i do with most things i am break it up into little bits like what is my goal what is the intention here how do i break this up let me just start with one thing what is that one thing? And maybe it's the temple. Maybe it's a scripture study. Maybe it is, I'm going to just try to be more patient in my home. Maybe it's, I'm going to try to be less offended by the world and the people around me, whatever it is, but like doing it one by one and little by little. And I gave Emily the example last night as we were talking, I follow Justin Sua, who is a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who's a sports psychologist for professional sports teams. And he just has so many good insights, you guys, that just work so much. But I loved particularly this one day. He showed a picture of a paperclip. And there was a man years ago who went online and he's like, I've got this paperclip. Who can give me bigger or better? And our kids play that game in the neighborhood. They like start with a, a penny, you know, who can give me bigger and better? And they come back with a bag of chips and they were like so excited. Well, in this example, this man eventually got a house in Canada. His paperclip turned into a house in Canada. And it was just like, you can go look at the pictures and Justin walks you through like all the things, right? But it wasn't like an overnight thing. You see all the little steps, right? That it took from this paperclip to the house. And then it goes into kind of the psychology of it. People are more willing to like make a change or do something if they don't feel like there's too much risk involved or too mm. much work. Yes. So, it's, so it's breaking it down from, okay, well, I want to run a marathon, you know, I run half marathons. I want to run a half marathon. I've never run before. Well, I can't do that tomorrow. I cannot go do 13 miles tomorrow. What are all the little things that I need to do? If that is my one 
single goal, but it just talks about like, okay, so every day, what is that one little goal that I need to do? What is that one thing I need to work on for this specific area? Mm. And then like looking at the end and saying, look at all the wins, like stacking your small wins, but not feeling like, oh, there are so many things that I've, I've got to do all at once. But it's like, what is that one thing right now that is most important to me that I can work on for my stage of life, for the amount of time I have. And Emily always talks about like, your scripture study, right? And you teach so often, like all of us, how to study. Well, that is going to look different for me and you right now, right? Like I may be able to do the five minutes or the five verses, and that is going to be my win for the day. And I'm just going to work on that. Even though Emily knows the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Doctrine and Covenants, Book of Mormon, like the back of her hand. I'm not there yet. But it came from five minutes every day. And that's the thing that I think is important is, I never had a time, well, I lied. When I, when I teach seminary, I do put in more time the night before I'm going to yeah. teach. But yeah. on the regular, my life is five minutes a day. And, and look what five minutes a day will do over time. And I think yeah. that's important. And it's because I write as I go so that I'm retaining my five minutes every yeah. day, which I think is so important. And I kind of want to lean in for a minute as we're talking about these weaknesses, because I think it's important when he talks about, I give unto men weakness. And sometimes that's hard for us. Like there are things in my life that I don't want to think God gave me that hurts, you know, that I'm like, that I, I don't want to be like, Oh, look, look at Emily. I'm going to give her this um, thing that sometimes I think he says, he just says this, I gave you mortality. It's a gift. It was a gift. Mortality is a gift. Part of the gift is there's going to be hard things. It just comes with the gift. And to compensate for those hard things, I will give you grace. And I love that someone was like, he doesn't just give us weakness. He also gave us strength. And I think that is true that he was like, I will give you mortality but I will also give you strength to compensate yeah. for mortality. Like we, we came with two gifts. We came with, you know, both of those things. And I love that thought. And one of the things I want to think about is, uh, and we can come back into the talk, but I, there's this one part of Mosiah that I just not been able to let go of this week. I love when he talks about there's three things um, that happen. Um, there's, there's three ways we lean into what he's trying to teach us. First is we humble ourselves. Uh, we just look at what, what is that thing in me that needs to change. Second, we have faith. And third, we use grace. And I love that process of, you know, I have to get to a point where I'm like, well, wait, maybe there is something that is not quite right in mm-hmm. me. And then, because that feels bigger than me usually, then I'm going to go to the person who's bigger than me. And that's Jesus. And um, because I turn to Jesus immediately, what comes from turning to Jesus every time is this grace. And I think sometimes we get to places where we're like, yeah, but my weakness is bigger. It's too big. And um, I love the thought that, like, no, Jesus Christ is greater. Yeah. No matter what your thing is, he's bigger. And, and I think sometimes Satan is so good at being like, no, 
no, this is too big. Like he's gonna look at you and be like, you got yourself in too big of a mess. So sorry about that, you know? Yeah. And I love that Mosiah reminds us that's actually not true. It's actually not true. And when Satan is telling us that, it's, it's not true. Mm -hmm. And I love when he says this in verse 30 of 27. Um, I've always loved this verse, but for some reason this week, it really like home for me. When he says this, I rejected my redeemer. That's how he starts. Like he, he's like, no, I wasn't just like struggling against some hard things in my life. I actually rejected Jesus Christ. I turned my back on him. I said terrible things about him. Mm -hmm. I did not want him to be part of my life. I went against everything I've been taught. And I, I, I just want you to think for a minute, who is that in your life? And, and maybe it's you right now, or maybe it's one of your kids, or maybe it's a family member, or maybe it's a really close friend that you look at and, and what brings pain a lot of time to us is the thought that we look and we're like, they are rejecting Jesus Christ and they're never going to come back from that. What if they never come back from that? And yeah. I love when he says this, I rejected my redeemer and I denied that which had been spoken of by our fathers, right? I denied all truth. I walked away from everything. And then he says this, but now that they may foresee that he will come. And I, I, um, I underlined that in my, I squared it. I mean, um, I love this thought that we've just been taught an important truth. Those people who rejected them, who don't even want a part of them, that does not discount them from a visit from him. Yeah. Like he will still come into that situation. And um, so there's three things that he wants to teach. First of all, he will still come. Second of all, he remembers every creature of his creating. Who loves that? He remembers every creature of his creating, but all of them, every single one that he didn't forget anyone. And then this, he will make himself manifest to all. That's what he's going to do. Even the ones who rejected him, mm -hmm. he will still come because he remembers every creature of his creating and yeah. he will make himself manifest to him. And then I was like, okay, I want to know more about that word manifest. I, I want to know, like, what does that mean? He will make himself manifest. And I love that when you get into it, it talks about he will prove himself to them. He will show evidence of himself to them. Um, he, you know, he's going to engage with them at some point in that journey. And it gave me so much hope of like for me, but yeah. also for people I know who are struggling right now, who are, who are fighting weakness right now, who are like deep in the trenches of that fight that I love the thought that he will come and he will remember every creature of his creating and he's going to manifest himself to them. And, and he doesn't play small. 
Do you notice that like in the scriptures that he'll show up in the middle of a road if he needs to. And it might not be on our timetable. It, it might not be when we want him to show up, but scripture shows us that he does, he does show up and there will be their moment. They will get their road to Damascus moment. They yeah. will get it. And, um, and sometimes it's through us, right? Sometimes it is through us. I'll never forget um, one time being in a situation with a woman and I said to her, we just, we just have to turn to Jesus right now. That's what we have to do. And, um, she was crying and she said to me, but I don't know Jesus. And then she said, but sometimes I think I see him in you. And I thought to myself, maybe all we sometimes are is just the bringer of Jesus. What if we are the bringer of Jesus in that moment? What if we are the introduction of Jesus yeah. in that moment? Yeah. And maybe you could feel something good in me. It would give you the courage to turn more fully to him. Yeah. And we may never know those moments that we are the bringer of Jesus yes. to yes. other people, but it's our, we're taking on as, as members of the church of Jesus Christ of, of Latter-day Saints, taking upon his name. And what that means, the responsibility to share his light in whatever way that may be in our, in our space. And it is, it is following all these instructions in, in the talk and just the very simple things of just loving like Christ loves because yes. people feel his love through us beyond anything else. I mean, if we can just have that love for our neighbor, they feel it. They will truly yes. feel that pure love. And through your love, that's, they're feeling the love of our savior. There is something different. People notice yes. it even when we don't think. I remember my very first experience with that was a freshman in high school on the bus, the basketball bus. And a girl was like, why are you always so happy? And I, and it was me and this one other girl who remembers. And I just, I, my, my friend said something at the time, but I just remember that one thought just kind of thinking, oh my gosh, people are watching. They notice, right? Like all in the little things that we do and we can be the bringer of Christ to other people in our actions and our thoughts, our feelings and the way that we treat people. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so good. And, um, it makes me think this as you're talking um, that how important constant repentance is or that constant turning again to him, mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to have constant change and talk about it because it opens up this communication of like, this is he's changing me right now. Yeah. Um, this is where he's meeting me in my weakness right now. And if we could talk about that more often, it might give someone else courage to say, well, well, maybe he could actually change me. And yeah. maybe he could be part of helping me overcome my weakness. And we live in, we know this perfectionism culture. We mm -hmm. live in where what we want to portray every time we walk into a church building is all is well. Life is perfect. Um, things are, you know, going so well. And what if we talked more about our weakness what have we talked more about the change we are working on right now and what if we leaned into 
here's, here's where I'm finding strength in yeah. him right now in the hard things. Uh, would it give other people courage to say, maybe he could work with me? Yes. Too. Well, and I mean, that's what we have in the scriptures. If we want to go there, I mean, it feels maybe a little dated, but that's essentially what we're doing is sharing our, our stories with others. So like I may go to Alma um, yes. 26 and see the, the, the victory that they had in God in that moment after all that they went through, or even as we look at, you know, King Saul and then David and we can, and all of the judges, right? All the yes. bad stuff that happened, but look <laughs> at the good that eventually came, right? And as we share our stories with one another, all of a sudden we are no longer alone in our trial. And those other people who hear the stories are no longer alone in their trial. And they are given hope like, oh, if that worked for Courtney, if eventually after 20 years of mental health stuff, she's finally getting answers she never thought would come, maybe, maybe I'll have that. Maybe I'll have that too. And what I love so much in this, because I know we're so running out of time, but I love at the end as we're talking about grace and he's like, through grace, he can make me things become strong. And he says this, if we humble ourselves and have faith in Jesus Christ, then his grace will enable us to change. In other words, he will empower us mm. to change. All of a sudden it becomes this union. Yes. And it's not, you know, we do the work and then we rely on him. We do the work. We're leaning into him, having faith that he is going to step in, that he is there along the way the whole time. And then together we make that change. And I love that he called out that it's empowering, that we will empower, he will empower us to change. Mm. Meaning that is just, it's going to still be us together. We are united in that journey. And all of a sudden it's like, I've taken control. I've, you know, have control over this situation or what is going on. And I feel more empowered and then all of a sudden i'm like oh, what other change could i make and what else yeah. could happen you know yeah. if i am leaning into him um i just think the possibilities are so endless and spectacular we can't even imagine and i want to be ammon yes and i want to be like could you even believe that when this started this is what was going to happen Yes. And we just leaned in and we trusted him and we did his work and we did the little things every single day that we were supposed to do. And we just tried our best. And then all this time later, this happened because that change, like we said at the very beginning, may not come in a month. It may not come in a year. And like I said, I've had some serious change and it's been 20 years that he's been working on me and I've had this becoming time. Yes. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do yeah. anything differently because I needed all of that, you know, and I still have so much more, but I just think, like you said, the hope of it all is what just like I cling on to. Yeah. I can look at Emily's story. I can look at my mom's. Yes. I can hear the things and be like, okay, scriptures, right. I sit in the yeah. scriptures and I'm like, if it, if it worked for them and look what some of them did, <laughs> you know, yes. like, his grace will be there for me. Yeah. And I love my cute daughter-in-law who has the little girl with cystic fibrosis was here for the past three days. And, um, as I was helping do some of the watch care over those kids, I just, I thought to myself, her job is so big right now. Her job is yeah. so big as she does that every day. And, and what she's been called to for her mortality is hard. It's hard. Like it, every time she goes home, I just cry for what she's walking back into with 
not a lot of help, you know, and, and she bears that burden. And there was a sweet moment when she was here where she's like, I just really want someone to paint a picture, not of two oxen carrying a yoke together, but of a mom and Jesus yoked. I just, I want to see what it looks like. She said, I, I really want somebody to make that picture for me. And as she was talking about it, I was like, it's because she knows. It's because she knows what it is to be yoked with him and to realize her mortality right now is too great. It is. Like, I'm not kidding you. Two nights ago, I climbed in bed by Greg and I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been this tired in my life as I am right now. And to think of the thought that it, it's too big for her unless she has him and then she's making it like he's making her resilient. He's making her strong. He's making her capable of that thing. And he will do it for us. He will do it for all of us. Even in that thing that is too big, he will do it for all of us. And I think this talk reminds us so much of that, but also Mosiah, um, 26 and 27. And I love that you added Alma, um, 26 to it. So everybody, as you're leaning into, um, thinking about that through the weekend, maybe, um, maybe be thinking about all those things, but just a sweet conversation this week and so many good things. And, and I love what we learned about that constant repentance from this, this talk, that constant change. So, yeah. and Courtney, and thank you for coming. And then, um, uh, in two weeks, you just need to give us a text update of where oh. it's at the end you of guys the it may be nothing but at the end of the day like we said i mean even if it's just to prove my diligence and my obedience you know whatever that is there are a few things on on my heart and on my mind yes yeah so well we'll, we'll and, see and it's fun to think of like where you, where your spirit is at the end of the four weeks yeah. um yeah even if that's all it is so <laughs> um yeah. okay so good, everybody. And then um, you guys, cute Megan, who's in charge of the newsletter, seriously has reminded me every day this week to give you my brainstorm paper and my notes from last week. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to do it today, you guys. I will sit down. I will catch you up last week. And then um, remember Niagara Falls next week. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Bye. Right, um, thanks, Em. All right. We'll see you again. See you next Thursday. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.